0: WABC New York and 107.1 WLIR Hampton Bays
1: It's the 77 WABC News Hour. Talking the news with Noah Layden. All the news you need to know. With Joe Nolan, Traffic, Justin Ellick Sports, Lou Dobbs Business. And now, talking the news with Noah on 77 WABC.
2: Yep, that's me. 5 o'clock. Good morning. It is Monday, April 10th. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. A beautiful day on the way. Sunshine, high 60. Tonight, overnight, clear skies, low 49, and then Tuesday, sun and clouds, high 74. I like that. If you're walking out the door with us right now, it is 35 and clear in Brookhaven, 38 in Woodbridge, and it's 40 and clear in Midtown. So much news to get to as we work our way up to the 6 o'clock hour, and Sid and friends in the morning was reading a couple stories this morning of at least a few instances where people held a public Easter egg hunts and fights broke out. I feel like this is happens every single year. It's kind of the same thing. As fireworks and people blowing off their fingers every year, you know, the next day you're going to read a story about it. And in this case, there's a one in New Jersey. In fact, in Jersey city where fights broke out, another one uh, in Tennessee where some sort of fight broke out. And it reminded me a number of years ago that uh, we were at the Bronx zoo with the kids when they were a little bit younger and they were holding what they called an Adams family Easter egg hunt. I don't know. They were, I guess they were looking Easter wasn't good enough of a theme. So it was the Adams family, and all the eggs were black. And um there were way too – we went to the zoo, and there were way too many people for the amount of eggs. And I think that's what happened in New Jersey yesterday as well. And so instead of he- parents behaving, <laughs> of course they don't behave, which is always sort of intense for me because it's an egg with a small, tiny little piece of candy inside. But there we were. And uh, they took the eggs, and they didn't even hide them, which I never understood about this. I always thought the Easter egg hunt is you're looking through bushes and trees, you're fine to find them. In this case, they threw them into an open field where you could see where they all were. And they said, three, two, one, and they told the kids to go racing for the eggs. And sure enough, there just wasn't enough of them, and there was too many parents and too many kids, and parents started fighting each other. And I was like, okay, let's get the hell out of here. Uh, It ain't worth fighting over or throwing a punch over an Easter egg. I'll go buy the kids a package of Reese's Peanut Butter Cups, which is what I did. I go, here you go. Go to town. Uh, It ain't worth it. But sure enough, there they were, people fighting in Jersey City. Over Easter eggs because their kids couldn't get to them fast enough and probably wasn't well organized. They probably should have had more eggs. But again, you got to wonder. People are really strange. All right, let's get into the headlines.
1: The top five at five.
2: A New Jersey imam recovering after being stabbed in a mosque. Professors walking off the job at Rutgers University. Gas prices have gone up again. How much higher will they go? Senator Richard Blumenthal hurt after a freak accident. And cooking oil thefts have skyrocketed across the tri-state. We will tell you why. All right, let's get into it. Oh, my chair. See this? My chair is falling down. Hold on a second. There we go. Maybe I gained a little too much weight over the weekend. Chair (laughs) fell to the ground. Okay, let's get into it. One of the holiest days of the year, taking a ugly turn yesterday in Patterson, New Jersey, when a religious leader was attacked inside a prominent Patterson, New Jersey mosque. Police investigating after an early morning stabbing inside the Omar Mosque. This is on Getty Avenue. The man had visited the mosque a bunch of times before to pray was leading prayer when this 32-year-old, Sarif Zorba, allegedly stabbed him multiple times in the back. Uh, thankfully, other
3: parishioners went in to save him. As they kneeled forward in the prayer, uh, this, uh, this uh, person uh, pulled out a knife and lunged forward and attacked the imam, stabbing him multiple times in the back.
2: The congregants rushing the man, waving the knife, held him down until police arrived. Cops cuffed him, investigators trying to figure out why. He walked in and attacked this imam during the holiest month of the calendar year for the Islamic faith. Members uh, continued with their four other daily prayers after this imam was rushed to the hospital. Apparently he's going to recover, but it's going to take a while.
4: That not only are we praying for him, but there will be extra protection around his mosque and other mosques. Extra police attention is automatic in a situation like this because, quite frankly, I feel like we could have lost this imam. Right. Because he's just praying in peace. That's the mayor
2: of Patterson, the imam, a father of three, a leader in the community, recovering at the hospital, officers, police vehicles surrounding mosques in Patterson, other parts of northern New Jersey. at The remainder of the day, just to make sure this was just an isolated incident, which they think it is.
3: This will make us um, join with each other uh, in a stronger fashion to 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 um, even attend the mosque more regularly to make sure we're here with our brothers. And sisters
2: and uh, in, sol- in solidarity. Yeah, so over the day yesterday, they were questioning this stabber. Still don't know what his motive is, still trying to figure that out. 506 now, over 9,000 professors at Rutgers University going to walk off the job today. This is a huge deal. 77 WABC's Alex Barnard joins us live with this story. Good morning, Alex. What's going on here?
0: Well, good morning, Noam, and yes, that's right. The strike, which begins at 9 a.m. today, will be the first in the 256-year history of the university and one of the largest in the history of U.S. higher education. The move threatens to shut down classes at all three Rutgers campuses of Newark, New Brunswick, and Camden, impacting more than 67,000 students. Todd Wolfson, a professor and one of the union leaders at Rutgers, listed some of the union's demands on News 12 New Jersey.
4: We're fighting so that our PTLs get equal pay for equal work, so that our PTLs, our adjunct faculty, get have a right to longer-term contracts. We're fighting so that grads can have a living wage, so that fellows who are working alongside us are part of our unit and for five years of funding.
0: The decision to strike comes after months of negotiations failed between the university and three unions, which represent just over half of the educator positions at the school. These negotiations had been going on for days, but fell apart late Saturday night. In a tweet Sunday night, Governor Murphy said, quote, Rutgers University is one of the nation's premier institutions of higher learning. I am calling the university and union bargaining committees to meet in my office tomorrow, today to have a productive dialogue the world-class educators students and staff at rutgers university have my word that these parties will negotiate in good faith to reach an agreement that is fair for all parties
2: so i can assume classes are off today
0: it would appear that would be the case and
2: it's all about money and health benefits is that the big two things yeah
0: those are the those are the main two items uh there's not a, it's not clear exactly what else they they want but it, it would seem to be money i would assume all right
2: wabc's alex barnard thank you very very much. WABC News Time 509. While we're talking traffic, uh, let's talk gas oil prices surging to nearly the highest of the year after OPEC nations announced last week they'll be slashing oil production by more than a million barrels a day, and it'll last through the end of the year.
5: It's possible, based on this movement in oil prices, that we could see gas prices increase anywhere from 10 to 15 cents.
2: I think it's already done that in New Jersey, at least. It seems when I went to fill up the tank over the weekend that I was paying a lot more than. Than I had the last time that's a triple A's Mark Jenkins. Another
5: round of rising prices is likely on the way, but it's not uh, at this point anything, um, you know, to where we're expecting gas prices to shoot back up to four dollars a gallon anytime soon, at least not at this point.
2: Yeah. So the spike couldn't come at a worse time. Right. It's when people are going out and about springtime's beautiful outside. I was driving my kid back to one of my kids back to school in philadelphia over the weekend and i will say this i think i paid like 320 a gallon and when i got to philly it was 420 a gallon so i would guess uh, you know it's cheaper than it is in pennsylvania and oftentimes they're the highest prices of the year during the springtime yeah and then they have that summer blend sometimes that can be more expensive but anyway either way you are paying more than you were just a couple weeks ago 511 now A federal judge appointed by former President Trump halting FDA approval of abortion pill, of this abortion pill. Vice President Harris says, uh, her and President Biden will do anything they can to make sure women can make choices for themselves and get hold of this pill.
1: There is no question that the President and I are going to stand with the women of America and do everything we can to ensure that women have the ability to make decisions about their health care, their reproductive health care. In, in a manner that is, is, is what they need.
2: It was on Friday, a Texas judge issuing a stay that'll stop the prescription and distribution of the pill. Um, let's see, there's more from, uh, let's see, the uh, Biden administration. Here's Health and Human Services Secretary uh, Xavier Becerra. One judge in one court We're in one state it. turned upside down the FDA's approval process for safe and effective medications. That's Javier Becerra butchering his name, more from him. You're not talking about just Mif- Mifepristone. You're talking about every kind of drug. You're talking about our vaccines. You're talking about insulin. You're talking about the new Alzheimer's drugs that may come on. Yeah, my guess is this may go to the Supreme Court. Then you had a uh, congresswoman... Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez over the weekend says Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas should be impeached. Let's hear why she says that. We
5: should pursue the course. If it is Republicans that decide to protect those who are breaking the law, then they are the ones who then are responsible for that decision.
2: Yes, a New York Democrat arguing that Thomas's failure to report lavish gifts and hospitality from the GOP donor constitutes a conflict of interest and breaking of the law i heard frank talking about this on the other side of midnight and i think he had it right and i i had the same sort of reaction he did the headlines looked bad like it looked like maybe uh, uh, justice clarence thomas was hiding something by having vacations with this extraordinarily wealthy friend but the reporting rules about these things they only kicked in two weeks ago So, um, you know, if they just started two weeks ago, now he's reporting that he's hanging out with a very wealthy friend. Is there something wrong with having a wealthy friend take you on vacation? Chief
4: Justice John Roberts must now come forward and state if he allows and is allowing this kind of very serious corruption to happen on this court.
2: Yeah, I think this is a move trying to get a justice off the court so Joe Biden can put one in. I
4: do not think that uh, this court any longer has the legitimacy
2: yeah. Uh, again, these reporting rules only kicked in, I think it was March 14th. That's why we're finding out about some of these vacations he went on. Yeah, I have a wealthy friend who I sometimes go on vacation with, and he pay, he pays for everything because he's wealthy, extraordinarily wealthy. And so, uh you know, it's silly. I try to pay, but he looks at me. Come on. Who are you kidding? 513. The two Democratic state representatives who were expelled from the Tennessee State House this week say Republicans are trying to silence them.
5: The Tennessee House Republicans' attempt to crucify democracy has instead resurrected a movement led by young people to restore our democracy, to build a multiracial coalition.
2: Yeah, Justin Jones, Nashville, Justin Pearson, Memphis say... A predominantly white caucus doesn't want their predominantly black and brown districts to have a vote. Jones noted it was just an attack on race, but called it an attack on democracy. Pearson described the Tennessee State House as an institution filled with people who are more concerned with supporting the NRA and the Second Amendment. They are preventing mass shootings and protecting the First Amendment rights of those who want to advocate for gun violence protection laws. If you haven't been following this story they were expelled from the Tennessee House for protesting against this. Uh, there were some House rules, and apparently they violated them, and the House members uh, last week
5: expelled them. He runs the Capitol like it's his private palace. And so there is no democracy in Tennessee. Tennessee is the most undemocratic state in the nation.
0: The reality is an institution filled with people who are more concerned about
4: supporting the NRA and supporting the Second Amendment than it is protecting the First Amendment rights of children
3: and teenagers.
2: Yeah, so some Democratic House members will try to push back against this, get these uh, law two lawmakers reinstated. They'll say they'll try to start doing that this morning down in Nashville. 515, first check of sports on this uh, Monday morning. Let's head over to the 77 WABC Sports Desk and say good morning. Happy Monday to Justin Ellis.
4: Well, happy Monday there, Noam Aladen. We'll start on the Diamond in Baltimore where the Yankees bested the Orioles 5-3 to three to secure their third straight series win to start the season. Aaron Judge continued his hot start with not one but two home runs, including this insurance shot in the 8th to put the ballers up, five to two.
1: And the pitch is lined deep to left center field. That ball is high, it is far, and is gone. Another judging blast. He hit the ball just where the bullpen began at 376. All oh rise. Here comes the judge, and the Yankees take a 5-2 lead. That call
4: courtesy of WFAN on the bump. Nestor Cortez moved to two and oh on the year with five and third solid innings of work, allowing just two earned runs over four hits. The Yanks will try and keep it going tonight in the series opener with the Cleveland Guardians. First pitch is set for six 10 p.m. Eastern time and we'll see Domingo Herman get the ball going up against Cleveland's Shane Bieber in Queens. The Mets lost seven to two in the series finale with Miami after taking the first two contests against the Marlins over the weekend. Carlos Carrasco was underwhelming once again on the hill for New York, unable to get through five innings of work while yielding six earned runs over six hits. So Mets will see if they can bounce back when they open up a series tonight at home against the San Diego Padres. Max Scherzer will be tasked with taking on San Diego's U Darvish for a 7-10 p.m. first pitch. On the hardwood, the season finale for the Knickerbockers didn't quite go to plan with a 141-136 loss to the Indiana Pacers at the Garden. Despite another great showing out of Emmanuel Kugli and Obi Toppin going going for 30 and 34 respectively, New York couldn't stop a well-rounded performance out of Indiana. They finished the year with a 47-35 record and the fifth seed in the Eastern Conference they will meet fourth seed to Cleveland in the first round of the playoffs, set to tip off this upcoming Saturday. As for the Nets, they got a preview of their first-round opponent in the Philadelphia 76ers, only to get run off by a score of 135-105, to 134-105, to 105, I should say, to close out their regular season. Yesterday's score is hardly indicative of what you can expect in that first round, though, with no starters on either side of the court playing meaningful minutes in the contest. That series will begin this upcoming Saturday afternoon in Philadelphia and out in Augusta, Georgia, the Spaniard. John Rahm affirmed himself as the world's number one golfer, winning the 87th Masters Tournament at Augusta National Golf Club. This is Rahm's first career Masters win, adding the second of four majors to his career's victories list. He won the U.S. Open in 2021. He's also the second player from Spain to win two different majors, joining legend Seve Ballesteros. Sports, Wait, son. did
2: you watch when, uh, you had to be watching when they went to put the green jacket on him, because that yeah. was a big conversation you and I were having last week. Right. And did you see that it fit? No. <laughs> so maybe there's something to it. It did not fit. He went if you he 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 had a moment where he was going to close it and yeah. it, I think
4: you realized, yeah. oh, wait a minute, if I close
2: it well, he's it's a, not going to close over my stomach. He's a so girthy, he did not. He's
4: a girthy fella. I think what yeah. they what they do know is they probably do the bare minimum. They're trying to get the length of the arms right at the very least. Not not a, expecting these guys to close a button. I mean, they're standing up. What are you closing a button for?
2: Well, it looks, you know,
4: everybody else had their button closed. I guess. I don't know. Maybe they (laughs) fix it. They're going to fix it. All
2: right. Well, where they will. But now it answers <laughs> yeah, our well, question. They don't
4: tailor it. There's where, no tailor on the on site. Where was the in-house tailor? <laughs> he wasn't there. <laughs> That's what I'm asking.
2: <laughs> Donald Trump's lawyers were out on the news shows this weekend. We will hear from them. There was a mall shooting in Newark, Delaware. We'll get the latest on what may have started that. And Fifth Avenue and St. Patrick's Cathedral, all packed this weekend for Easter Sunday. We'll hear from some of the people who had some pretty cool bonnets on. But first, at 5.20, a check of Wall Street. Here's Lou Dobbs. This is the 77 WABC Lou Dobbs Financial Report.
1: Banks this week reporting quarterly results. The first since the regional bank crisis. First Republic reports Wednesday the stock down nearly 90% over the past month. Investors looking for insight on how First Republic recovers. Larger banks report Friday, Wells Fargo, JP Morgan Chase, and Citigroup reeling from the financial crisis. All three stocks down sharply over the past month. Bed Bath & Beyond Earnings. Wednesday, the stock's down almost 90% this year. Bed Bath & Beyond got a $120 million lifeline to help restock empty shelves. The company also proposing a stock split, a reverse stock split, to raise funds and avoid bankruptcy. March layoffs up 15% from February. Nearly 90,000 employees cut from payrolls last month. Technology leading the charge the first three months of the year. The sector already cutting 5% more than all of last year. Please join me several times each weekday right here on 70. 77 WABC. This is the Lou Dobbs Financial Report.
2: Keep listening for more to 77 WABC for the Lou Dobbs Financial Report. WABC News Time 522. Let's go down to Texas. Texas Governor Greg Abbott calling for the pardon of a U.S. Army sergeant convicted of the 2020 murder of a Black Lives Matter protester. Rick Kofer is a former assistant district attorney in Travis County.
1: Getting a pardon from the governor is more rare than winning the lottery or being struck by lightning.
2: Yeah, so Abbott says, Daniel Perry, acting in self-defense when he shot and killed Garrett Forster at a BLM, BLM rally in Austin, this was in July of 2020, Abbott stated that he asked the Texas Board of Pardon and Paroles to send a pardon recommendation to him for his approval as quickly as
1: possible. Daniel Perry hasn't even been sentenced yet. He's not even, at this moment, eligible for a pardon from the governor, even to apply for a pardon requires final certified copies of judgment and sentence yeah there
2: are some pushback is some pushback from prosecutors cofer thinks there's ulterior motives behind this request
1: abbott served on the texas supreme court he knows texas law he knows that what he has proposed to do today is inconsistent with the law what you're seeing today is purely political theater and it's sad
2: President Trump's lawyers taking to the news shows yesterday. An attorney for Trump says the former president is being political targeted, politically targeted by the Justice Department.
1: The angle they're pushing on the obstruction is to try to create some sort of daylight between Joe Biden's possession of documents. And President Trump's.
2: That's Jim Trusty calling the allegations of obstruction of justice over classified documents found at Mar-a-Lago nonsense. He also tried to clarify statements Trump made during a recent interview with Sean Hannity. The attorney says Trump never admitted to looking at classified documents, only that he had the right to look at them. He said,
1: I would have the right. He's correct. Under the Presidential Records Act, which is a non-criminal statute, that's the key.
2: And those lawyers on the news talk shows as a new poll comes out, a majority of Americans believe former President Trump intentionally did something illegal as it relates to his New York hush money case.
0: That's according to a new ABC News Ispis poll, which puts that number at 53 percent. Last week, Trump was formally charged and pleaded not guilty to 34 felony counts related to hush money payments made during his 2016 presidential campaign. An additional 11 percent say the former president acted wrongly, but not intentionally. Roughly one in five Americans believe Trump did not do anything wrong. I'm Chris Caraggio.
2: WABC News Time 524 down to Delaware, a major mall in Newark, Delaware, closed yesterday after three people shot there. One
4: of uh, the victims was listed in stable condition when they were transported. Two of them were listed as critical.
2: That's Delaware State Police conducting a criminal investigation at the Christiana Mall, which is the latest shopping or rather the largest shopping mall in the state. The mall evacuated three people injured, taken to the hospital. The extent of the injuries or a motive for the shooting still unknown. Authorities say there are no public and safety concerns now for the area. Though.
4: Officers responded and located three victims with gunshot wounds in the vicinity of the food court. The victims were transported to area hospitals for their injuries.
2: It does seem like whenever there are these mall shootings, it seems to always happen in the food
4: court. It has not been confirmed how many suspects were involved. Investigators are actively working to identify the suspects. It was an altercation between several suspects and at least one of the victims. We can't confirm, you know, what their relationship or or they knew each other.
2: Again, no motive for that shooting, but taking place in the food court at that mall. 525, Senator Lindsey Graham says the U.S. should consider sending troops to defend Taiwan.
5: I'm fearful that the Chinese may be setting uh, conditions to blockade Taiwan in the coming months uh, or weeks.
2: South Carolina Republican says if the U.S doesn't give up its game or does gives up on its game in the region, there're going to be a war. Graham also suggested blocking oil shipments to China from the Middle East, sending F-16s to Taiwan and increasing training for Taiwanese forces.
5: They're setting the stage possibly for a blockade of Taiwan that the Communist Chinese party is going to test us dramatically this year and next year before the election.
2: And the South Carolina Republican says he doesn't want to live in a world with China in Russia in control of the world order. Don't live in a world where
5: a uh, uh, an island called Taiwan could be taken by China. Do you just want to let Putin take whatever he wants in Europe? There's no reason for this.
2: Yeah. Of course, uh, it was China who was suggesting there be some retaliation for House Speaker McCarthy's meeting with the leaders of Taiwan last week and with uh, American lawmakers going to Taiwan to meet with American leaders, that there be some sort of retaliation on the part of China. There have been some drills around Taiwan on the part of Chinese uh, military drills. Uh, ...that have taken place and maybe more retaliation along the line. But uh, there was a Senator Graham on the news shows yesterday. We are just getting started on this Monday morning. The Air Force loosening their weight restrictions. We will tell you why. A big day yesterday on Fifth Avenue, both inside and outside St. Patrick's Cathedral for Easter Sunday. And a freak accident... At the Yukon Husky parade celebrating their national championship, we will tell you who was hurt. That stories and those and more coming up WABC News Times 529.
1: The 77 WABC News Hour. Talking the news with Noah Laden on 77 WABC. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Talking the news with Noah on 77 WABC.
2: This is the 77 WABC News Hour with Noah Williams. Yeah, oh, that's me. 531. Good morning. It is Monday, April 10th. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Beautiful day on the way. Sunshine high 66 tonight and overnight. Clear skies low 49. Tuesday, sun and clouds even warmer. High 74. If you are walking out the door with us right now, so happy you are. 35 and clear. Here in Brookhaven, 38 in Woodbridge, and it's 41 and clear here in Midtown. So much more to get to as we work our way up to the six o'clock hour and Sid and friends in the morning. We'll start with the Air Force. The Air Force is loosening their weight restrictions, allowing now for heavier recruits. It's a move to address really slumping recruiting numbers. Today,
4: youth are more sedentary than they used to be. To bring them in and make them airmen, we had to change something.
2: Yeah, so basically what she's saying is Americans are fat from staring at their phones, that being American kids who become military members, so they're willing to take them a little heavier than they used to to put them into fighting shape. That's Leslie Brown with Air Force Recruiting. She says that male recruits are now permitted to have up to 26 percent body fat, while females can have 36 percent. That puts the Air Force in line with other services, and she says they've not seen any negative impact since these new numbers have been instituted. If
4: the trend stays as it is, we may miss our recruiting by more than
2: 10%. That's why they're upping the numbers. By the way, the most doctors say a healthy body fat is anywhere between 9 and 18% for men. And they're taking up to 26% now with the Air Force. But they say they'll get people in fighting shape if they're fat. They'll put them in shape. The
4: other services have changed theirs in alignment with DOD policy, and they've not seen any negative impact.
2: Yeah, so she says hopefully that will juice the recruiting numbers for the Air Force. Let's bring it back home to New Jersey. Authorities in Phillipsburg, New Jersey say... A police officer and a civilian recovering from a shooting during a very violent domestic violence incident over the weekend. The suspect took his own life, but not before he shot at a New Jersey state trooper and a woman he shot the officer was shot through a police cruiser striking the officer before this guy turned the gun on himself there were a fair amount of eyewitnesses to this shooting that took place middle of the day
0: i hear three gunshots uh, boom 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 and immediately following after that i heard this scream like out of hell and i knew that you know that that moment that you know it wasn't right so i got my phone out i came right over here by the corner i called 911 and i saw this man in the street pacing back and forth as if he was distressed i saw the the man shoot at the cops one more time Then he switched, put the gun into his left hand, and then shot himself in the head. Yeah, it must have been an ugly scene.
2: Both the officer and the woman taken to Bethlehem Hospital. The officer reportedly in good spirits. We do not know the condition of the woman who was shot three times. Suspect was known as a domestic abuser and reportedly shared a child with this woman. 534, let's go up to Connecticut, Yukon. Big weekend there in Connecticut, especially in Hartford, where they celebrated Yukon. National championship basketball win with a big parade over the weekend. 50,000 people showing up in Hartford to celebrate that basketball team.
4: One of the greatest sports
1: fan
0: moments of my life. Oh, okay.
1: I flew home from Florida for this. It's a great day, it's good energy.
0: Alabama was the number one overall seed in the tournament. Um, but February came around. Hurley is coaching his butt off. Uh, absolutely crazy. Team started to click, and we got hot right at the moment, and we went for a run, and it was crazy. Yeah,
2: and it was a quite a run and a storyline there. But the big story this weekend in Hartford, Connecticut, was actually Senator Richard Blumenthal, who was there for the big party. And during Saturday's event, someone taking video of Blumenthal tripped and fell on top of the senator from behind. He finished the parade, the senator did, and then checked himself into Stanford Hospital, then underwent surgery after he fractured his left leg at this parade. Uh, Blumenthal tweeting out that the surgery was a success, but uh, his leg is going to be in a cast for quite a while after somebody fell on him during this celebration over the weekend in Harford wabc news time 536 let's bring it back home here to manhattan fifth avenue packed surrounding saint patrick's cathedral yesterday easter sunday lines to get into saint patrick's parishioners were really excited to get a chance to pray inside saint patrick's on easter sunday it's
3: a very moving church
4: and i think if you even hear alone as i mentioned you're not alone at saint pat's it's an amazing church and we wanted to do easter sunday as a family one of the most important holidays in the christian catholic calendar
5: it's amazing to be here at one of the best churches
2: in the world yeah as you can hear from those accents people from all over the world happy to be at saint patrick's
1: i think that people enjoy work oh, so
2: then afterwards of course they have the big easter bonnet parade right outside on fifth avenue boy it was a beautiful day for that and some of the bonnets were pretty fantastic
1: i think that people enjoy working on fancy fun headpieces and they want to come out and show their work since i am a milliner a hat maker. It's sort of my holiday.
2: Yeah, uh, Carrie Tubin wore a big bonnet yesterday, inspired by marshmallow peeps. Like it was all marshmallow peeps on top of her hat. Uh, it was pretty cool.
3: Every year there's a local Easter bonnet contest in my town, so this year I wanted to come here.
1: You know, being here today. It's a blessing, really. I mean, Easter Sunday, St. Patrick's Cathedral. It's gorgeous, you know? And I'm here for the bonnets, you know what I'm saying? And I
0: mean, <laughs> right here we got that number one bonnet.
2: Yeah, and it was a blessing for many to see Pope Francis observing Easter at the Vatican with the faithful as he had been in the hospital for a number of
1: days.
2: That was the 86-year-old pontiff in St. Peter's Square yesterday. He was hospitalized for bronchitis recently. It
3: was a a very warm welcome and a very
2: enthusiastic welcome. And it's always interesting to watch Pope Francis because that kind
0: of cheering is just like oxygen for him. He really feeds off it.
2: Yeah, it was nice to see him back there. The 86-year-old Pope, of course, was forced to skip some Holy Week ceremonies because of that bronchitis. WABC News Time 540. Let's bring it back here to New York officials working towards locking all the front doors of all New York City public schools by next year it's sort of amazing this hasn't happened already right the DOE Chancellor David Banks says a safer access system will gradually be installed in more than 1800 school buildings across the five boroughs to make sure students and staff are okay that is
5: meant to prevent. The mass tragedies that we've been seeing all too often across the nation and we're going to do everything we can to prevent something like that.
2: Yeah, I guess it's sometimes relatively easy to get into these schools. The camera technology will allow school safety agents to view a visitor, communicate with them before buzzing the person into the building.
5: Anybody who's coming to visit the school will have to present themselves before entry is made. The doors will not be wide open for anyone to simply walk into. We're going to start this process in May. We're going to start with our elementary schools first. It's going to take place over a number of months. We certainly hope to have all of our schools outfitted with this new technology uh, by the spring.
2: WABC News, Time 541. After the disaster in East Palestine, Ohio, the Senate unveiling a bill to increase railroad safety.
5: Rail safety has declined in America, and we've got to get it back to snuff. The The disaster in Ohio should have been the canary in the coal mine. A loud warning whistle.
2: New York Senator Chuck Schumer there, of course, discussing the bipartisan bill. He says he expects it to pass. Leading the bill are both senators from Ohio, one Republican, one Democrat. Schumer says it'll be marked up by the Commerce Committee as soon as the Senate returns from Easter break. He promises to serve as the conductor okay, to get it passed as quickly as possible.
5: That's why I'm here to say with our first responders and our local officials, enough is enough. We need to stop this problem before it goes off the rails any further. Using my power as majority leader, I determine what bills I put on the floor. As soon as this bill comes out of committee, I intend to put it on the floor of the Senate, and I expect it to pass.
2: Schumer says, uh, yeah, no problem. He thinks uh, it'll be one of those bills. Bipartisan Republicans, Democrats will push it through. 542 down to Texas. Texas considering a plan that would allow cops from all over the state to go to the border where they would help with. Operation Lone Star. State Senator Brandon Creighton says this would address one of the biggest problems with state security with all those migrants coming across the border from Mexico. There's a
1: demand for manpower in our bordering counties and staffing shortages with Border Patrol. The
2: program would allow local departments to partner with DPS to voluntarily send offers to border counties. It would also give them... A better idea how the cartels are moving drugs across the border so they would know how to protect things back
1: home. You know what to look for for human trafficking and drug trafficking uh, situations. Gaining valuable training, experience on human trafficking and drug trafficking that they then can take back to their communities. Yeah,
2: they expect these police officers to help with border patrols very soon. 543, let's bring it back to Long Island. More than 5,000 Long Island restaurants have had their cooking oil stolen in the past 10 months. Police caught... A Queens man who allegedly stole cooking oil from a Chick-fil-A in Huntington Station. Police say he siphoned the cooking oil into a rental truck and then resold it. And cooking oil thefts apparently on the rise because the oil can be reprocessed into renewable diesel or biodiesel uh, fuel. And then sold on the black market for all kinds of money. One stolen drum of cooking oil is worth more than 900 box so that is money that restaurant owners who are having their oil stolen are losing to thieves because normally restaurants will sell the cooking oil to legitimate oil processing facilities and it's just something that pads their bottom line francesco maloa of phil's pizza in north massapequa tells news 12 his restaurant's been targeted in these thefts a number of
4: times
1: taking money right out of our pockets we use about 150 gallons of oil a week
4: and we have to discard we can't put it down the drain we have to discard it in those bins and they come pick it up and they contacted us and said that you know you know where's the oil
2: yeah so they had put these barrels out at night like you put the trash out and uh, they were stolen so after being tipped off to the recycling company he usually gets to sell grease to he discovered that it was gone and he wasn't getting any money. So now he has to lock up these oils and uh, put surveillance cameras outside his business to make sure nobody steals this oil that's worth a whole lot of money.
4: It's crazy. I mean, crazy stuff happens everywhere now. People are, people are ever since COVID, everyone's a little more on edge and trying to find a little, little thing to do to make extra money. Yeah.
2: Who knew Greece was worth so much money? That was news to me. 5.45, let's head over to the 77 WABC Sports Desk, and here's Justin Elliott.
4: Thanks, No Mladen. We'll start on the diamond in Baltimore with the Yankees' best of the Orioles, 5-3, to three, to secure their third straight series win to start the season. Aaron Judge continued his hop start with not one but two dingers, including this insurance shot in the eighth to put the Bombers up 5-2. And the pitch is lined deep to left center
1: field. That ball is high. It is far. It is gone. Another judge and blast. He hit the ball just where the bullpen began at 376. All rise. Here comes the judge,
4: and the Yankees take a 5-2 lead. That call courtesy of WFAN. On the bump, Nestor Cortez moved to 2-0 on the year with five and a third. Solid innings of work, allowing just two earned runs over four hits. The Yanks will try and keep it going tonight in the series opener with the Cleveland Guardians. First pitch is set for 6-10 p.m. Eastern time, and we'll see Domingo Herman get the ball going up against Cleveland's Shane Bieber in Queens. The Mets lost 7-2 in the series finale with Miami after taking the first two contests against the Marlins over the weekend. Carlos Carrasco was underwhelming once again on the hill for New York, unable to get through five innings of work while yielding six earned runs over six hits. The Mets will See if they can bounce back when they open up a series tonight at home against the San Diego Padres. Max Scherzer will be tasked with taking on San Diego's U Darvish for 7:10 p.m. first pitch on the hardwood. The season finale for the Knickerbockers didn't quite go to plan with a 141 to 136 loss to the Indiana Pacers at the Garden. Despite another great showing out of Emmanuel Quickly and Obi Toppin, going for 30 and 34 respectively, New York couldn't stop a well-rounded performance out of Indiana. They finished the year with a 47 to 35 record and the fifth seed in the Eastern Conference. They'll meet fourth seed. Cleveland in the first round of the playoffs set to tip it off this upcoming Saturday as for the Nets they got a preview of their first round opponent in the Philadelphia 76ers only to get run up by a score of 134 to 105 to close out their regular season yesterday's score is hardly indicative of what you can expect in that first round though with no starters on either side of the court playing meaningful minutes in the contest that series will begin this upcoming Saturday afternoon in Philadelphia and out in Augusta, Georgia the Spaniard John Rahm affirmed himself as the world's number one golfer winning the 87th Masters Tournament at Augusta National Golf Club. This is Rum's First career masters win, adding the second of four majors to his career victories list. He won the U.S. Open in 2021. He is also the second player from Spain to win two different majors, joining legend Seve Ballesteros. Here with sports on 77 WABC. I'm Justin Ellick. WABC News Time 549. Let's catch up on some
2: of the big stories of the day. One of the holiest days of the year, taking an ugly turn yesterday when a religious leader was tacked inside a prominent Patterson, New Jersey mosque. Authorities invested. Investigating this early morning stabbing inside the Omar Mosque. It's on Getty Avenue. The suspect apparently had visited the mosque several times before to pray. The imam leading prayer when this guy, a 32-year-old, his name is Seraph Zorba, allegedly stabbed the imam multiple times in the back.
3: As they kneeled forward in the prayer, uh, this uh, this uh, person uh, pulled out a knife and lunged forward and attacked the imam, stabbing him multiple times in the back.
2: The congregants rushing the man, waving the knife. They held him down until police
4: arrived. Here's the mayor of Patterson. That not only are we praying for him, but there will be extra protection around his mosque and other mosques, extra police attention is automatic Mm -hmm. in a situation like this Mm -hmm. because, quite frankly... I feel like we could have lost this imam, right? Because he's just praying in peace. Yeah, easily.
2: The imam, a father of three, a leader in the community, recovering at the hospital. No word on his condition. At least we could not get one this morning. Officers and police vehicles surrounding the Omar Mosque the remainder of the day. They went on with four more prayer services there yesterday to show that they were not going to live in fear, but continue on to practice their religion.
3: This will make us uh, join with each other Uh, in a stronger fashion to to, to, um, even attend the mosque more regularly to make sure we're here with our brothers and sisters and uh, in in solidarity.
2: Yeah, police still don't have a motive for this. They're still talking to this creep who stabbed the imam. Down to New Brunswick, New Jersey, Rutgers University. Picket lines expected today at Rutgers University's three main campuses. After the campus, faculty voted yesterday to go on strike. I'll stand
1: out here in the cold all day long. As long as it's as long as it's speaking truth to power against this corporate monolith, don't think that because it's a state university, that it's not a corporate monolith.
2: Governor Murphy now calling on both sides to meet with him in Trenton today. Leaders of three Rutgers faculty unions, which represent about nine thousand professors, part-time lecturers, graduate students, say the strike was called after talks for a new contract has stalled.
5: I'm here to support the union. We are all brothers and sisters.
1: And we got to stay united to fight to make sure all of us are treated fairly.
2: Yeah, it is the first strike in the school's 256 year history. The assumption here is that we haven't got an official word from Rutgers that classes will be off today. And oil prices, have you noticed you're paying more for gas today? Like 15 cents more, maybe more,
5: depending on where you are in the tri state. It's possible based on this movement in oil prices that we could see gas prices increase anywhere from 10 to 15 cents.
2: Yeah, I think we've already seen that. The uh, OPEC nations announcing that they're slashing oil production by more than a million barrels a day starting next month, lasting through the end of the year.
5: Another round of rising prices is likely on the way, but it's not, at this point, anything... Um, you know, to where we're expecting gas prices to shoot back up to $4 a gallon anytime soon, at may, least not at this point.
2: Man, that's your AAA's Mark Jenkins, who says the upcoming spike couldn't come at a worse time when people, of course, are out and about driving and enjoying the spring. But he says uh, expect those prices will go even higher in the coming months.
5: And then oftentimes they're the highest prices of the year during the springtime.
2: Yeah, I, I noticed that this weekend I was paying more when I filled up the tank. When I took my kid back to college in Philadelphia, it was a, uh, well, it was three thirty, I think I paid or three fifteen, something like that here in New Jersey, and uh, when I got to Philadelphia, they're paying four forty a gallon, so I thought, oh geez, I guess I'm getting a bargain. New York City food delivery app workers fighting over delayed pay raises. Deliveristas, as they're called, were supposed to get mandated raises at the beginning of the year, but Public Advocate Jamani Williams says city lawmakers held off enforcing it.
3: Just follow the law.
2: All right, so the city now considering an amended rule that would further reduce the hourly pay for workers with Comptroller Brad Lander demanding workers be paid at least minimum wage. Of course, if that's the case, then your food prices, Grubhub, and all those other things will become a whole lot more expensive. Because
1: they are making a lot, a lot of money. are putting pressure so they can make every single dollar they can at the expense of folks who are simply trying to stay in their homes.
2: Okay. uh, Yeah, well, it's a hard job. No two ways about it.
1: We'll give them two more
5: years just to get to the minimum wage. It is... Gross. It is appalling and it should not be allowed to stand.
2: Yeah, yeah. So far, though, nobody's enforcing these new rules. Hey, tax season. What's today? Today is the 10th. So you got, I think it's the 18th. You got to have your taxes in tax season, stressing you out. One expert sharing tips on how to bring the anxiety down. Mark Stieber, he's with uh, Jackson Hewitt says one way to ease the pain is to seek the help of a tax professional. I guess he probably wants you to go to Jackson Hewitt, but uh, maybe any CPA would work. If it's
4: a pro- that you want to do it that's easy do your homework ask them some questions if you want to do your taxes yourself that's fine you still need a tax pro to ask questions of from time to time
2: yeah a lot of people of course do them themselves online if they have uh, you know easy taxes to do others of course it will go to somebody an accountant a good one it's
4: your single largest financial transaction certainly you'll buy a house or or get married or have a child but your tax return is going to be there 30 40 or 50 years and so it does bring stress
2: all right and so we ask. Have- we you. We took it to the streets here in Manhattan. We asked you. Have you done your taxes yet?
1: Did you do your taxes? Yes, I did. You done? I'm done. It's all
2: done. Yes. You're all done? All done. Getting a
4: refund? Um, a tiny bit of a refund.
1: Usually early in the year or late. In the
4: right year. on time,
1: so I could get the dough in as fast oh, as, as, I as I can. Yep. Did you do your taxes yet? Uh, no, I have not. You haven't?
3: No, no, no. no. Uh, Time's running out. I know. Maybe I'll have to file an extension, but um, I'll definitely pay Uncle Sam. Super important. So, you're, are you
1: getting back something too, or you just you're paying this year?
0: No, I'm paying. It. Totally.
1: 100 percent. 100 percent. Did you do your taxes yet? I, not yet. I filed an extension. Ooh, how come you're so late? Uh, because um, be, because I have too much money. You guys do your taxes yet? <laughs> oh God, no, not yet. Not, man, not yet. No. Did your taxes yet? <laughs> Long time ago. Did you do your taxes yet? Of course. Oh,
2: Well, I guess the majority of people said they hadn't done them yet. Well, you know, those pandemic benefits, some of the things that saved you money or gave you more money in return, they've all gone away. So chances are you are paying more as you pay your taxes this year. And finally, say goodbye to Hello Deli, that beloved West 53rd Street sandwich shop that was made famous by late night show host David Letterman. Remember this? It was a Something like uh, 30 years ago that David Letterman sent his cameras into the Hello, Hello Deli to meet Rupert, the owner. Have you
1: had lunch in the Hello Deli yet? Not yet. All right. Let's see the menu. You come and uh, and the you serve behind the cash register. What is your name, please? Uh, my name is Rupert. Rupert, how do you do? I'm Dave Letterman. I live in the theater right around the
5: corner. Yes, I know that. Uh,
1: tell me a little bit about the deli, Rupert. Well,
5: um, it's just a little deli where we serve um, gourmet foods, uh-huh.
3: big sandwiches. Right. And do you have a sandwich in there named for me?
5: Yes. Well, what's on that sandwich? Well, we have um, cheddar cheese, sweet peppers, turkey, lettuce, tomato,
3: uh, honey, mustard, and cucumbers. In, in a million
1: years, I wouldn't eat that.
2: <laughs> okay. Uh, it was from that moment then forward, he made G into just a huge superstar. Of course, tourists would go and visit this sandwich shop just because uh, he was regular on the Letterman Show. Uh, he says that he's just ready to retire. So he's going to close the shop, but not clear how much he's going to get for it. But he said... He spent $50,000 on the shop back in 1993. I imagine its location around the corner from the Ed Sullivan Theater makes it a whole lot more valuable right now.